What do you call an endpoint security product that works perfectly but makes users miserable? A failure. The old approach to endpoint security is to lock down employee devices and rollout changes through forced restarts, but it just doesn't work. IT is miserable because they've got a mountain of support tickets, employees start using personal devices just to get their work done, and executives opt out the first time it makes them late for a meeting. You can't have a successful security implementation unless you work with end users, and that's where Collide comes in. Their user-first device trust solution notifies users as soon as it detects an issue on their device and teaches them how to solve it without needing help from IT. That way, untrusted devices are blocked from authenticating, but users don't stay blocked. Collide is designed for companies with Okta, and it works on macOS, Windows, Linux, and mobile devices. So if you have Okta and you're looking for a device trust solution that respects your team, visit collide.com slash unsupervised learning to watch a demo and see how it works. That's K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash unsupervised learning. Welcome to Unsupervised Learning, a security, AI, and meaning-focused podcast that looks at how best to thrive as humans in a post-AI world. It combines original ideas, analysis, and mental models to bring not just the news, but why it matters and how to respond. All right, welcome to Unsupervised Learning. This is Daniel Miesler. Okay, big things I'm thinking about this week. So getting to hang out with a couple of friends and plan career and life trajectories with a giant whiteboard. Just uh, three of us. It is so fun to do this. It's like, oh, planning world domination. Not really, but kind of just like, how do we help each other grow our brands? What are our actual long-term goals? Like, how are we doing? How can we uplift each other? How can we uplift people that are our friends that aren't in the room and communities in general? Basically, what are the vibes of each of our efforts? And like, how can we uplift each other? It's it's really fun and therapeutic and enjoyable to do this. And plus you walk away with a lot of takeaways and just uh, planning. So I encourage people to do that with uh, their buddies. More time with the Apple Vision Pro. I'm looking to actually see if I could work with it for like a whole day. Uh, probably gonna do it here right in the studio and just do a virtual version of my desktop and keep the keyboard and mouse. You actually need that because uh, you can't really, it's hard to use the interface. It gets a little blurry if you're not using the actual version of it. So it's, um, you, in other words, you can't use the pass-through to look at your actual desktop. You have to use the virtual version of the desktop, which you're then interacting with the keyboard and mouse because other than speech, you can't actually, um, use the virtual keyboard as fast as you could type nowhere near close. So that is basically the killer app in my mind, productivity wise is the virtual desktop. It, it is only one desktop. So I have three real desktops, but you can only have one virtual, but it could be quite large. And the trick is to take all the things that you would have had on your second desktops and just break those out as Apple vision pro apps and bring them off to the side. You actually have a lot more control of where they go in the Apple Vision Pro than even on the desktops. So I'm going to try it. I'm going to see if I could work for a whole day with this thing. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll report back. Uh, creating a second product. More to come on that one. This one is going to come out fairly soon. I'm hoping within, you know, one to three weeks, I'm actually going to ship this thing. And it is, um, I'm going to say AI curation is what I'm going to tease about that. 
And the first big product that I've been working on for a number of months is going really well. And I'm going to start testing that with customers. Fabric is going crazy. And uh, yeah. All right. My work. So first impressions of the Apple Vision Pro. That's uh, something everyone's been requesting is like, what did you think about it? So I put down my notes there in uh, a long document. It was going to be rather short, but it turned out to be quite a few different observations. So you could check that out on the site. How specifically AI will 100x human creativity and output. Highly recommend that essay. And uh, Fabric. We've already talked about Fabric a decent amount, so I'm going to leave that alone. And we move into security. So big news for security. DEF CON is moving to Las Vegas Convention Center this year. Caesars basically canceled their their contract. <laughs> they basically said, yeah, we're not doing that anymore. And a lot of speculation is pointing to the fact that they got hacked. And uh, I think Caesars is part of MGM and MGM got hacked and they probably have a bad taste in their mouth around hackers and they don't want to do a hacker conference at the hotel anymore. That's most people's read. That's probably my read as well. I don't have any specific information around that, but it is no longer at Caesars and it is now at the Las Vegas Convention Center. Me and my buddy Jason went there a long time ago, maybe 2018, 2019 for CES. We walked, I don't know, like 12 miles or something like during the couple of days. It was quite fun. It's a very large venue. And I think Jason already put out a thing that he put into uh, one of his GPTs that said, if I'm going to a conference at the Las Vegas Convention Center, where should I stay? And I think it pointed to like Encore and a couple of other places, but you can check that out on his Twitter. AnyDesk got hacked real bad. Another piece of tech I'd not heard much about until I found out that basically everyone is using it and it's been uh, owned pretty badly. Someone in a finance department in Hong Kong, I believe, it was uh, overseas somewhere, relative to the US at least, and uh, they believed they were talking to a room full of executives and it, they looked realistic evidently. And they told them it was okay to go ahead and uh, send this money. It was $25 million. And they sent it and it was to a fake person. The entire video of all those people was actually a deep fake. So I think we're about to see an industry where it's like, what does authentication look like? I and mean, think about this. Apple just turned on this feature of um, contact verification. I think this is about to be a major thing. And I don't know too many products around this. But it's like, think of an initiation of a protocol, like you're reestablishing the con the authenticity of the current link. You know what I mean? So from a technical standpoint, but also like, let's confirm this is your real voice. Again, that's uh, the type of thing you can't really do easily. But um, because deepfakes are getting better and better, but maybe you say certain things that like, it's hard for a deepfake to do, or maybe you say, do it really quickly where it's hard for a deep fake to follow it. I'm not sure exactly what it is. Another possibility is to just say a secret, like where did I first meet you or something? You have a shared secret you have to rotate that, but that's more management on the people. I think what's going to happen is a company is going to come out, several companies for like real time validation that the person on the other side of the conversation is really them. And you're going to need this for like zoom calls as well. So what, what are we going to call this real time authentication? real-time point-to-point validation. Um, we need our heroes, uh, Gartner, to figure out what the space is called. Cloudflare got hit by a suspected state-sponsored actor. The attackers exploited credentials stolen from the 
2023 Octahack to infiltrate Cloudflare's internal systems on November 14th. And they revealed the incident nine days later. The FBI says scammers are using couriers to swipe seniors' life savings by convincing them to buy precious metals. From May to December of last year, people lost $55 million to these scams, and seniors were the main targets. We're learning from ransomware attacks, evidently, which is good news. Only 29% of victims decided to pay in the last quarter of 2023. And of course, all these numbers are from some sort of study, right? So anytime you hear a number, you realize it comes from some study claiming those numbers. I think that goes without saying. But anyway, 29% decided to pay. And a big decrease um, from 2019, which was 85% paid. So 85% to 30%. That's great. Those are great numbers. And uh, I've got a comment here. I've always seen ransomware as a continuous global red team with dire consequences, right? So it's good to hear some good news on this front with fewer people actually paying. That means the operation is working. The Shadow Server Foundation found 45,000 Jenkins instances exposed online, which are vulnerable to a critical flaw that is actively being exploited. Bruce Schneier warns that AI could enable mass spying by analyzing the vast data that governments and companies already collect. Yeah, absolutely. That's what happens when you have giant farms of AI agents. They can actually sift through all the data that you've looked at. This is very good for the good guys and very good for the bad guys. And who the NSA is, that's a matter of opinion to a lot of people. Nightshade has exploded with 250,000 downloads in the last five days. It's a tool for stopping AI from copying art, which I personally don't get. This type of thing will not stop AI from happening or stop AI from incorporating human art. It's a flash reaction, I think. It's based in fear, and it is to something that is actually inevitable. There are bad parts of that inevitability, but our time, I think, is better spent trying to address the downsides of AI rather than looking for ways to stop it from happening since we can't actually do that. The FCC is looking to outlaw AI-generated robocalls, especially those using voice cloning tech like the recent incident where a deepfake was used to attempt voter suppression in New Hampshire. So I believe they sent out a thing in the voice of Biden saying don't vote or something like that. And uh, evidently it was convincing. Uh, I don't think there's any data on if it actually moved the bar or not kind of similar to the Russian hacking thing. It's like, did it actually work or not? Two separate things. Yes, they tried, but did it actually work? But anyway, uh, the government is trying to outlaw deep faked things. I don't know. I always find it suspect when you try to outlaw things that are already illegal. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll see if it works for scammers. I mean, they're in the business of breaking the law, as far as I could tell. Uh, so when a, a law comes out that makes it illegal for them to do illegal things, I'm not sure they're going to stop doing those things. Vulnerabilities, Schneider ransomware. Schneider's electric sustainability business unit was hit by a cactus ransomware and terabytes of data was stolen. There's a GitLab file flaw. GitLab patched a critical flaw allowing file overwrite during workspace creation. And this was a 9.9 on the Richter scale. And glibc flaw allows root access on major Linux distros and this is a critical as well. Technology. Neuralink has successfully implanted in its first brain, a human brain, and the device is looking to enable control of external devices through thought. 
and it was placed in a patient who is part of a clinical trial with severe mobile impairments. So it's not just a random person trying to do telepathy. Uh, they probably only got it approved because it was someone who was, you know, really struggling. And uh, I really do hope it goes well. Meta is making tons of money again, crushed tech stocks with a 25% revenue jump to over $40 billion and way above projections and even hinted at potential acceleration to like 29% in the next quarter. And China has approved over 40 AI models for public use in just six months. Kind of weird. They want to enable AI and allow it, but they also want to control it because they don't want their people to have too much power and knowledge and freedom. So they're, they're definitely walking some sort of tightrope over there. And New York Times is looking to blend AI with traditional journalism. They're assembling a team led by Zach Seward. I feel like that's supposed to be Stewart. Maybe it's Seward. Zach Seward to promote AI and machine learning for reporting and presentation enhancements. Seems obvious to me. How could they not be trying to do this? And John Deere is working with SpaceX to bring satellite internet to farmers. And YouTube Music and YouTube Premium now have over 100 million subscribers worldwide. I'm using YouTube and YouTube Music a lot more myself. It's actually going so well for Google, I'm not sure when they're just going to sell off the unit and cancel the project. Starlink is turning its satellites into mobile phone towers. They're testing it now, and evidently it works. Pretty impressive, and I absolutely love this part of Elon. And Zoom has an Apple Vision Pro app. Let's people join as their persona, which is like a cartoon avatar of themselves. Mine actually looks pretty bad, but unfortunately it's quite realistic. Humans. Andrew Huberman put out a tweet that says, I'm convinced that the eight pillars of mental and physical health are one, sleep, two, sunlight, three, exercise, four, stress management, five, relationships, to include self, six, nutrients, seven, oral health and gut microbiome, and eight, spiritual grounding. Pretty good list. A recent poll showed that 63% of employees making over $100,000 can work from home compared to only 32% of those making under 50%. And I expect this gap would widen as you go up and down the scale. So people making like more than $250,000 versus people making like 30K. And I think the sad part is that the freedom and the luxury are what make people freer to be worth more. So it's like this just feeds on itself and separates the gap even more. New data shows that the bottom 80% of U.S. households consistently spend more than they earn. This comes from the Bureau of Economic Analysis, and it's a new uh, distribution of personal income accounts uh, report, which for the first time provides a clear view into spending habits of these five major groupings uh, across two different decades. So only the top 20% of households are actually putting money away. 95% of container ships are now going around Africa's southern tip to avoid Houthi attacks. The route change adds 10 to 14 days of travel, which has all sorts of implications, not the least of which is cost and time. Well, I guess those are the two major ones, aren't they? Conservative social media's circulating conspiracies. Okay, th this blows my mind. That the NFL is rigging games to favor Taylor Swift 
and her boyfriend's team, all to boost President Biden's image before the election. Insane. Ideas and analysis. Punished for good behavior. Not fully confirmed, but I heard a friend say that the reason Goldman Sachs... <laughs> Sachs. Goldman Sachs. I think you say it's Sachs, but... I read it, I want to say socks. Goldman Sachs got crushed by Apple Card or the deal with Apple for the Apple Card and had to pull out is because the Apple Card customers were paying on time, which is horrible for banks. They make all their money on people being overburdened, overstretched, and paying late. So <laughs> Apple customers weren't doing that. They were paying on time. So Goldman Sachs lost tons of money and they had to pull out of the deal. And assuming this is true, I'm like so happy about this. <laughs> it's like... It's like they're doing what you're supposed to do. Are, are you telling me your business model is based on humans like getting screwed? And if so, good riddance. All right. Apple is life OS. So I write about this every few years, but with Vision Pro, I think it's time to mention it again. I think Apple is winning because they're slowly and methodically building life OS. They're building a massive ecosystem for enhancing everything in your life. When they think about products, they think about how they work together. If you think about what tech will look like in 25 years, where your house works with your car and your mobile device and your contact lenses for AR and VR, and all your finances are integrated with everything, you can pay with a gesture, you could talk to your AI assistant and they can do everything for you. It'll all be part of your basic tech ecosystem. Now imagine that being like Gmail combined with Fitbit. You can't really, because Google is throwing random stuff at a wall to see if it makes enough revenue. And if it doesn't, they kill it. Apple's the only one right now, and I think Microsoft's going to be added to this because of Satya. But Apple's the only one right now thinking properly about and executing on the concept of a unified life OS. And that's why they're winning. And because of that, the government's about to step in and ask them why everyone likes their stuff and assume that it's because they did something nefarious. And they're going to demand that it gets broken up. I wish Apple would just tell the truth in court. It's like, yeah, people are only using us because the alternatives are so bad. We are the only people building life OS. So it's no wonder people come to us. All right. Notes. Much love to Jonathan Dunn, also known as XSS doctor for creating the client for the fabric project. We've got it in a pretty good state now. It's actually running. I'm using it instead of my old workflow now. I'm using the Fabric Client whenever I can. And the client and documentation are now live. And uh, XSS Doctor, this guy, Jonathan Dunn, quite a trip. I'm like, XSS Doctor. Okay, cool. Doctor of XSS. Pretty cool name. Turns out he's a cardiologist. <laughs> so it's a really, really good name. Yeah, that's right. He goes and saves lives during the day. And then he's a hacker at night and also works on AI projects. What a hero. Discovery. All right. These are the two best AI projects that I know of right now. And I would love to add Fabric to that list uh, if we can as, as a distant third. Um, hopefully not distant in the near future. But number one, Crew AI. In my opinion, this is the best AI agent framework out there. In other words, this or something like it is how we're actually going to get AGI. It's gets more powerful when you add better models. So like GPT-5 version of this is going to be even better, but it is a framework for having models do things. And I've talked about it before, but I'll just briefly tell you. Let's say that you are trying to produce articles. You're pr trying to produce well-researched articles. 
Well, you can go and make a bunch of claims and you can have one team that's based on going and finding data to support you. And another team that's dedicated to going and finding data that, that makes your claims, uh, that shows that your claims are incorrect. And then those two groups can fight. And then they can send that back to the editor or to the writing team. And the writing team can refactor, rewrite the claims to make sure that they're accurate. And then this goes back and forth. And then you could have like a proofreader um, go on top of that. And you could have like a, I don't know, like a, uh, a narrative or a story editor or something like that. And then you could have an overall editor at the top that says, okay, this is good enough. So it's like four or five teams working together, all with individual roles on the team. And this could be dozens or hundreds of people working on this thing. They're all individual agents. They're all agents working together. So you give this thing uh, to it. And keep in mind, this thing has got Google access. It's got internet access. It can browse. It can research. It can read research papers from like Arxiv. It could do all these different things. And then it results in a final product. And you're giving the parameters for all of these things to work together. Um, and you're also giving the parameters for how they interact with each other and like who outranks who and that type of thing. So this is the future of AI is agents. So, and this is my favorite framework for that. So you absolutely have to go check this out. Okay. The next one is called wishful search. And this one allows you to throw any sort of data. You could throw like JSON in there, like PDFs, text files, whatever, Giant, oh, here's the coolest one. Giant Excel files. You could throw giant Excel files plus text plus PDF plus all this random garbage. Throw that all in there. And then you just ask it a question. You're like, hey, so who spent the most money, blah, 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 in this particular year? This thing answers instantly. And it answers in a way that is just like you had a professional team of data science experts or data engineers who built like these robust pipelines, like SQL, like ninja foo to get the perfect answer with all these multiple joins and craziness that would have taken hours or days or weeks to actually work out with a giant team. This thing does it automatically and you get the answer instantly. And it doesn't matter what the backend data is. This is like the biggest sleeper project out there. And it's only got like two, 200 stars or something on GitHub. Uh, I think part of it might be because it's called wishful search. I think we need to come up with a better name. I'm actually going to talk to Rishi about this, but this is like an unbelievable project. You've got to go check this thing out and try it. All right, next one, Plock. Stream outputs from an LLM or any script directly into your text editor, all in real time and locally. SigFinder, quickly spot binaries signed to internal CAs or domains. Rough a super fast Python linter and formatter. MLX, a machine learning array framework optimized for Apple Silicon. Okay, so you know how you have like a Mac Studio or something with Apple Silicon and it's got all this RAM? This project is an Apple project. It's called MLX. And it lets you run really big, really cool AI projects, but using your shared memory, your system on a chip memory as your GPU. It is really, really powerful. And I, I can't wait to see like all the practical applications that come from this. Next one, Insanely Fast Whisper. This thing can transcribe how much? Let's see here. 2.5 hours of audio in under 98 seconds using OpenAI's Whisper Large V3. So it would be much faster on a tiny, I believe. 
Adabit, an AI-powered news site. This is the future, I think. If you provide news rather than analysis or opinion that is much harder to copy, I think this is what you're up against. Pretty good AI summary of news. Signals is a curated collection of links to major stories from around the web. And this is from the people at Semaphore, which is another news site that I use. It is AI, or it is human curated, not AI. But this particular Signals project is going to be more AI. And keep in mind, we already talked about the Adabit one. And then New York Times is talking about AI as well. Like everything is going to be like this mixture. It's going to be like mostly AI with like human touch, essentially. And if you're not using Perplexity yet, it's worth playing with. It's basically like Google, but AI powered. And I just used it for a couple of things a couple hours ago, and it's quite good. In fact, specifically, I looked up the Houthi rerouting of ships thing, which was a story earlier. Uh, did some verification there. And I'm getting one of these neck lamps for reading in bed. It goes around your neck. It's got two little thing. looks like headlights, but uh, for reading in bed without waking her up. Even intelligence agencies are overwhelmed by too much data. Apple's machine learning team introduced MLX. Already talked about that one. Your security program is SH star T. A rant on how many security programs are shams, where external consultants are valued over internal expertise, and how cybersecurity is often sidelined until corporate mandates force action, leading to a superficial compliance process that prioritizes appearances over actual security. If that sounds familiar, you should go read this rant. It will make you feel 1.7% better. Vantage has launched a standalone Kubernetes cost monitoring agent, which pulls down resource usage significantly. New agent consumes up to 99% less CPU and 97.9% less memory than previous solutions. Current software engineers have no deep knowledge. So the talk somebody gave is quite good. Seven laws of pessimism, one shot prompting magic. And what if Christensen's disruption theory is outdated? This piece basically explores how recent examples like the iPhone and Tesla challenge Clayton Christensen's classic theory that cheaper, good enough products disrupt markets. And the recommendation of the week, schedule dedicated time to hang out with your closest friends. It won't always happen otherwise, and you need dedicated belly showing time to stay close. So it's not real if it's not on the calendar, so get it on the calendar. And the aphorism of the week the world is changed by your example, not by your opinion. The world is changed by your example, not by your opinion. Paulo Coelho. Unsupervised Learning is produced and edited by Daniel Meisler on a Neumann U87 AI microphone using Hindenburg. Intro and outro music is by Zombie with a Y. And to get the text and links from this episode, sign up for the newsletter version of the show at danielmeisler.com slash newsletter. We'll see you next time.